2: With deep jawbreaker eyes, red rope hair, gumdrop lips, cotton candy thighs, You're my candy.
0: Welcome everyone to podcast 24. It's September and that means it's back to school, and so we have our top ten grammar school obsessions. The fads that spread across the schoolyard in our youth.
3: Then we revisit Steve Atkins and talk about his one-night return to the wrestling ring, his ghost-hunting vacations, and his top five odd and wonderful hotel picks. We also have the re-re-return of the Great Encyclopedia Brown. Then an exploration of the presidential campaign songs. Some ancient, some newer,
0: most wacky. And
3: a few more things, of course. So, this is Uncle Frank.
0: And this is Jimmy Sweets. And away we go. Be good citizen, get out and vote. Remind your neighbors to get out and vote.
2: Whatever the issue, or candidate, voting makes our nation great. Go to the polls and cast your vote. Your voice of public service
5: brings this word to you. Taconite, what is it? And who's asking? Well, you if you're smart. And some 200 million Americans should be asking this question. What is taconite? Well, try to imagine a world without taconite for a minute. Hard to do, isn't it? Hard to imagine a world without transistor radios, chain-link fences, ultra-thin TVs, and orgasms. So where does taconite come from? Who better to ask than Sven Foosball taconite foreman?
6: Uh, it comes from the ground, there
5: From the ground and into our homes, Taconite has always been the uninvited guest. Let's go back in time to find out why. The year is 1801, in the lush forest not yet known as California, but soon to be called Minnesota. Lewis and Clark have just gone by in their birch canoes. Our pioneer forefathers were there, and Taconite was there too, in the ground, Waiting. Waiting for the year 1862, a year when everyone in America was worried. Everyone, that is, except Mickey Bitsko, Minnesota farmer.
4: Up there, bossy. Up.
5: He was plowing the field on March 2nd, 1862, when his plow hit a lump just under the topsoil.
4: Hey up there, bossy, what the hell there? Big lump of something, I don't know.
5: Excited by his discovery, Mickey brought it home.
4: Henrietta! Henrietta, look here. I found it under the topsoil there. a Big lump of something. Don't bring that thing in here. Well, it's big. It's dirty. It's big and dirty.
5: Mickey brought the lump into town.
4: Whoa, up there, bossy.
5: And strolled with it into the assay office.
7: Hey, just a
4: big lump of something. All right, let me see it. What is that there? Why, man.
8: This is taconite.
5: Oh, my gosh. Taconite. And it was only three months later that three city slickers rolled onto Mickey Bitsko's farm.
6: you there, want some coffee?
5: Three men with a smile.
6: Henrietta Company! Forged ownership papers. Yes, sir, that's my name?
5: And a dream. Oh golly, I sold the farm. A dream of progress. A dream of strip mines. Oh golly. This was a dream to be dreamed by a different kind of pioneer. Golly. Tough luck for Mickey Bitsko. Too bad. Good luck for Minnesota Land Invasion.
4: We go to Las Vegas. Get you up there, Henrietta. I go to win a new harness.
5: And today, in the 20th century, we here at Minnesota Land Invasion still believe in that dream. Let's follow taconite foreman Sven Foosball as he shows us around the plant.
6: Earl, this is the conveyor belt there, you know, where the taconite lumps come up from the ground.
5: As the taconite travels on its way, it is heated by tungsten lamps to 600 degrees centigrade.
6: Up along the corrugated roof there, Earl, you can see the squirrel cages. That's where the squirrels are dying so the people won't have to.
5: And into the microme vat goes the taconite, where it's converted once again into molten ore. And there it sits, simmering for three months.
6: After three months there, the molten ore is poured into that little building there at the end of the warehouse. The boys in the line call that little building the Magic House. What happens to the taconite in
5: the Magic House, Ben?
6: Nobody knows for sure. They say inside the Magic House are three virtuous maidens all clothed in white linen. They touch the taconite with birch wands, turning each lump into common household objects.
5: That's what they say. What really happens, Sven?
6: You got me, Earl. Whatever it is in there, I just know I got to oil it every day. You can see things coming out the magic house now whoops too many toothbrushes i got to go bang on the wall what happens next Ben? huh oh the boys in shipping take the objects and box them up
5: spen is right a product is not a product unless it's in a box
6: what's this Ben? i don't know i think it's a tire it's too big this box is
5: too big. Nobody knows what goes into the magic I house, but smoke. what comes out is no secret to the American consumer.
2: Smoke. All boxed up and ready to go. Into the trucks, boys.
5: Onto the trucks. Into
2: the box cars, boys. Onto
5: the box cars.
2: Into the homes, boys.
5: And into our homes.
4: Here's your record albums and costume jewelry, Mrs. Olson. God bless you, Taconite, man.
5: Yes, God bless Taconite. Because happy metal means happy products. And happy products mean happy stockholders here at Minnesota Land Invasion, where you are a problem for us. I for
9: president, I for president,
5: I for president, I
10: for president, president, you like I. I like Ike. Everybody likes Ike. For President, hang out the banner, beat the drum. We'll take Ike to Washington. We don't want John or or Harry. Let's Let's do that big job right. Step get in step with the guy that's had. Get in step with Ike. you like Ike. I like Ike. Everybody likes Ike. For President, hang out the banner, beat the drum. We'll take Ike to Washington. We've got to get where we are going. To travel day and night, for president. Let Adelaide go the other way. We'll all go with I, president. You Mike. like I, I like, president. I like I, everybody likes I, for president. So Play out the banner, keep the drum. We'll take I to Washington. We'll take I to Washington.
7: Now is the time for all good Americans to come to the aid of their country.
3: Let us apologize right now for even bringing a whiff of politics into this podcast, but don't worry, it's just campaign songs from both sides of the aisle. A little whimsy to help us through these wacky times. Presidential campaign songs have been around in America since our very first president, which is no surprise because from our beginnings, music has played an important role in our culture, especially at our beginnings. In the time of George Washington, there were fewer entertainments, especially for the poor, so music was much more important to the people. It was performed in their homes, at their work, and at social events. Songs, therefore, were a great way to get across campaign messages. Hopefully, they'd be repeatedly sung by people, and the illiterate could hear the message that they could not read. Nearly all campaign songs of the 19th century were made from popular marches with new lyrics added. The nation loved them. George Washington's was very popular. He always ran unopposed, but all across the country, his song was sung at each election all the same.
9: The day is broke, my lads march on and follow, follow Washington. He will lead the way, my lads, Is he that leads the way. Where he commands we shall obey Through rain and snow by night and day Determined to be free my lads Determined to be free Till freedom reigns our happy bands will fight like true Americans Until our cause prevails my lads Until our cause prevails with heart and hand and God our trust will freely fight. Our causes just march on, my lads. Lads march on and follow Washington. The day is broke, my lads, march on and follow, follow Washington. To see that leads away, my lads, to see that leads away.
3: Some campaign songs just gave the candidates name and history. Others appeal to the nation's patriotism, like Thomas Jefferson's for Jefferson and Liberty.
1: The gloomy night before us flies, the reign of terror now is o'er, its gags, inquisitors, and spies, its herds of harpies are no more. Rejoice, Columbia's sons, rejoice To tyrants never bend the knee But join with heart and soul and voice For Jefferson and liberty Here strangers from a thousand shores Compelled by tyranny to roam Shall find amidst abundant stores A nobler and a happier home Rejoice, Columbia's sons! Rejoice to tyrants! Never bend the knee But join with heart and soul and voice For Jefferson and liberty Here art shall lift her laurel head, Wealth, industry, and peace divine, And where dark pathless forests spread, Rich fields and lofty cities shine. Rejoice, Columbia's sons, Rejoice to tyrants, never bend the knee, But join with heart and soul and voice For Jefferson and liberty. From Europe's wants and woes remote A dreary waste of waves between Here plenty cheers the humblest cot And smiles on every village green Rejoice Columbia's sons Rejoice to tyrants never bend the knee But join with heart and soul and voice For Jefferson and liberty From Georgia up to Lake Champlain, from seas to Mississippi shores, Ye sons of freedom loud proclaim, The reign of terror is no more. Rejoice Columbia sons, rejoice to tyrants, never bend the knee. But join with heart and soul and voice for Jefferson and Liberty. Rejoice Columbia sons, rejoice to tyrants, never bend the knee. But join with heart and soul and voice for Jefferson and Liberty.
3: Another type of campaign song attacked the opposing candidate, like our next one, John Quincy Adams' campaign song, which claims that fires, knives, plagues, and even Satan is a-comin' if you vote for the other guy.
9: Little know ye who's comin', little know ye who's comin'. Little know ye who's coming, if John Quincy not be coming. Fires coming, swords are coming, pistols, guns, and knives are coming. Famine's coming, famine's coming, if John Quincy not be coming. Little know ye who. Comin', little know ye who's comin'? Little know ye who's comin'? If John Quincy not be comin', slavery's comin', slavery's comin', Plunder's comin', plunder's comin', jobbin's comin', robbing's comin'. If John Quincy not be comin', little know ye who's comin'? Little know ye who's comin'? Little know ye who's coming if John Quincy not be coming. Fears are coming, tears are coming, plague and pestilence are coming. pain's coming, Satan's coming if John Quincy not be coming. Little know ye who's coming, little know ye who's coming. Little know ye who's coming, if John Quincy not be coming. Little know ye who's coming, little know ye who's coming. Little know ye who's coming, if John Quincy not be coming. Little know ye
3: who's coming, little
9: coming.
3: The most successful campaign song from the 1800s was Tippecanoe and Tyler Too. It was for William Harrison's run for the president. The tune came from an old minstrel show piece called Little Pigs and was more jaunty and fun than the campaign songs that came before it. The lyrics were written by Alexander Kaufman Ross, a jeweler from Zanesville, Ohio. He started performing the song at local rallies and it caught on. The tip of canoe, if you've forgotten your grammar school history, refers to a river where Harrison won a battle and Tyler was his running mate. <laughs>
9: Oh, who has heard the great commotion, motion, motion, all the country through? It is the ball a-rolling on for a and Tyler too, for Tippicanoo and Tyler too. And with them will beat little Van, Van, Van is a used-up man. and with them will beat little Van. Sure, let him talk about heart cider, 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 and lock heavens too. Will only help to speed the ball. For canoe and Tyler too. For canoe and Tyler too. And with them we'll beat little Van. Van, Van is a used up van. And with them we'll beat little Van. Like the rush of mighty waters, 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 onward it will go. And its course will bring it through for Tippecanoe and Tyler, too. For Tippecanoe and Tyler, too. And Willem will beat little Van, Van, Van as a used-up man And Willem
2: will beat little Van.
3: The song helped Harrison win the election, and it went on to influence all the presidential campaign songs that followed. Because of this, they became even more popular, and candidates began to have more than one song for their campaigns. For instance, Abraham Lincoln had 30 songs when he ran in 1860. Not every campaign leads to glory, so I think it's time to play a couple from those who didn't do so well. Here's one from Theodore Roosevelt's unsuccessful run in 1912, and another from Herbert Hoover's winning campaign in 1928, one year before the crash and the Great Depression. 20th century, with the rise of radio and then later television, politicians began to find more effective ways to reach the voters. So there were fewer campaign songs. At the same time, the ones that were left had higher production values and were taken from modern popular songs. Here's some great ones from the late 40s through the 1970s.
9: Say I'm just wild about Harry And Harry's wild about me The fates decreed it, and we conceded it Harry made history FDR had his new deal And Harry will follow through The country's wild about Harry And Harry's wild about Cannot do without The country and you
11: Everyone is voting for Jack Cause he's got what all the rest lack
2: Everyone wants to back Jack Jack is on the right track cause he's got high hopes. He's got high hopes.
12: 1960's the year for his high hopes. Come on and vote for Kennedy.
2: Everyone wants to back-jack Jack Jack is on the right track Cause he's got a Wait
3: Did you recognize Thurl Ravencroft's voice in the Barry Goldwater jingle? Hard to miss. Somewhere along the way, anti-campaign songs started to be produced. They were usually made by people not officially affiliated with any campaign, but they definitely had a point of view. Here's two examples.
13: There won't be any trouble in our great society. And though our taxes double, that won't bother you and me. Our bold and bright utopia is a giant spending spree. Debts bring prosperity. LBJ is our big brother. Hubert takes the place of mother. How we all love each other in the great society. If you hate to go to school, drop out, you go to camp. They'll pay you though you be a fool and turn you out a champ. You may not know the golden rule or light up freedom's lamp, but you'll have the GS stamp, Great Society. LBJ is our big brother. Hubert takes the place of mother. And how we all love each other in the Great Society have no sense of humor, then you'd better stay inside. The streets are full of cut-ups, and their switchblades are their pride. And when they're taken off to jail, they just go for the ride. They're not convicted if they're tried. LBJ is our big brother. Hubert takes the place of mother. And how we all love each other in the great Unions are big business now with money rolling in to keep those union bosses living happily in sin. Court rulings never stop them and no jails can keep them in. Do they have Texas kin? LBJ is our big brother. Hubert takes the place of mother And how we all love each other In a great society You have no occupation Join us, sit-in, wave a sign There's one to fit each taste or whim So come on, get in line On poverty we're waging war, And things are going fine What's yours will soon be mine What's yours will soon be mine
11: Back in 1980 I was singing a happy song Business was good, seemed like nothing could ever go wrong for my family and me. I worked real hard making certain our future was strong. And along came Ronnie, he was singing a different tune. He won't say now, but I think he might have spoke too soon. There goes my boat, RV, my color TV. They're gonna foreclose on my family and me. Business is bad and I'm facing finance. color TV job
3: Presidential campaign songs are still with us today, but their importance has diminished even further in the 21st century. Often the words aren't even changed, and an appropriate enough-sounding song is just played as is, like Bill Clinton's Don't Stop Thinking About Tomorrow. There's no chance of being campy and no chance of being fun either. We leave our little history now with one last song, not really a campaign song, more like a booster song, a song for Ralph Nader.
14: When Ralph Nader was a boy, his daddy brought him home a toy, And the dang thing fell apart that very day. Ralphie hollered long and loud, then he calmed down and he vowed He would get the crooks who cheated him that way. Now they can't tempt him, they can't scare him, they can't bribe him, heaven knows, Cause a million bucks he'd gladly sacrifice, His life is dedicated to protecting us from those who try to sell us shoddy merchandise. Go on and ride, Ralph Nader, ride straight ahead with confidence and pride. All across our mighty nation, folks are filled with admiration, and we're proud we got Ralph Nader on our side. Now some supermarket hustlers, just like old-time cattle rustlers, were trying to pull a fast one with their meat. But oblivious to danger, that Ivy League Lone Ranger said, Now it, boys, this meat ain't fit to eat. Then Ralph Nader formed a posse, and they ran them rustlers down, and showed all the world about their dirty game. Now the common folks all love him, And the crooks are frightened of him. Even corporations tremble at his name. Go on and ride Ralph Nader, ride. Straight ahead with confidence and pride. All across our mighty nation, folks are filled with admiration. And we're proud we got Ralph Nader on our side. Ralph Nader took the wheel of his brand new automobile and everything stopped running but the clock. He said, this engine's just a joke and I think the brakes are broke. It ain't safe to drive this thing around the block. He walked straight into the factory, called the biggest boss aside, told him, better straighten out or you'll be sunk. Cause the people will awaken when I show them what you're making. Ain't nothing but a brand new piece of junk. Go on and ride Ralph Nader, ride. Straight ahead with confidence and pride. All across our mighty nation, folks are filled with admiration. And we're proud we got Ralph Nader on our side now in times of boom and bust we need a leader we can trust so our way of life don't slide on down the drain ralph nader knows the score he's got ideas and what is more he possesses both a conscience and a brain he's no sleazy politician because this man is not for sale and he's not about to make no shady deal but he really gets intense in the cause of common sense So the people know Ralph Nader is for real Go on and ride Ralph Nader ride We're backing you with confidence and pride Senior citizens, consumers, teenage kids and baby boomers We're all proud, yes we are proud We are proud we got Ralph Nader on our side
0: And now... Pretentious readings from Scholastic Books. SISG proudly presents the re-re-return of the great Encyclopedia Brown in the case of the Red Harmonica. During the winter, Encyclopedia did his detective work at the dinner table. When school let out for the summer, he decided to help the children of the neighborhood. So he opened an office in the garage. Every morning after breakfast, he hung out his sign, Brown Detective Agency, 13 Rover Avenue. Leroy Brown, president, no case too small. 25 cents per day, plus expenses. Thursday afternoon, a small boy entered the detective agency. He looked as happy as a cheerleader in a graveyard. I want to hire you, he said putting 25 cents on the gasoline can beside Encyclopedia. My name is Northcliffe Hicks. Yesterday was one sad day for me. How come, asked Encyclopedia. Soft music, replied Northcliffe. Do you know anything about soft music? It goes with soft lights answered Encyclopedia. Is this some affair of the heart? No. Of the ears, said Northcliffe. He explained. Yesterday afternoon, he had been sitting by Mill Pond playing his new red harmonica. A big kid had come up holding a funny whistle. The big kid said, I might be good at playing loud, said Northcliffe, but he was better at playing soft. In fact, he claimed to be the champion soft music player of the world. Could he prove it? asked Encyclopedia. He challenged me to a soft music contest, said Northcliffe. His rules. That really tied your lips, eh? And how, said Northcliffe. Each of us had to play a tune so softly the other couldn't hear it, and yet loud enough to wake a bulldog that was sleeping across the pond. What did you play? Kitten on the keys, said Northcliffe. I figured a dog would go for it. I might as well have played the dance of the Spanish onion on a Frankfurter roll. That mutt lay like a dead battery. Then the big kid said he'd blow Coney Island Babe on his whistle. I didn't hear a thing, but that bulldog jumped up and raced around crazy as a bee in a honeypot. Don't take it so hard, said Encyclopedia. You lost to a champion. I don't mind losing, said Northcliffe, but the big kid took my red harmonica. He said if he'd lost, he'd have given me his whistle. The liar. You should have made tracks, said Encyclopedia. I tried, but his three friends caught me, said Northcliffe. They wore shirts with the word Tigers written across the chest. Tigers. I should have guessed, exclaimed Encyclopedia. The big kid was Bugs Meany. Bugs Meany was the leader of a gang of tough older boys. They called themselves the Tigers. They should have called themselves the Umbrella Cards. They were always pulling something shady. Bugs must have blown a dog whistle, said Encyclopedia. People can't hear it. Only dogs can. And I thought I was going deaf, yelped Northcliffe. That no good cheat. Can you get back my harmonica? I can try, said Encyclopedia. I've dealt with Bugs before. Let's go see him. The Tiger's Clubhouse was an unused tool shed behind Mr. Sweeney's auto body shop. Bugs was alone when Encyclopedia and Northcliffe arrived. He was puffing tiger rag on a shiny red harmonica. At the sight of the two boys, he switched to shoe fly, don't bother me. Scram, he growled at Encyclopedia, or I'll put your head in a cast. Encyclopedia calmly relieved Bugs of the harmonica and played, I've heard that song before. Then he said, this is Northcliffe Hicks. He claims you stole his red harmonica. That soft music contest was a phony, put in Northcliffe. You blew a dog whistle. He took the harmonica and rendered the opening bars of You took advantage of me. Soft music? Dog whistle? Cried Bugs. You're completely out of your tree. He snatched the harmonica and began playing imagination. You couldn't beat me in a fair contest, and you know it, said Northcliffe, seizing the harmonica. He blew little white lies. Oh, yeah, said Bugs. Let's see how well you play with loose teeth. He grabbed the harmonica and blew just before the battle, mother. Cut the tough guy's stuff, Bugs warned Encyclopedia. That's Northcliffe's harmonica. I suppose you're going to say that you found it. Bugs blinked. Why, so I did, he said with a sly smile. I found it last night on a trash pile. Where? demanded Northcliffe. Along Miller Road, said Bugs. It was dark except for some blue lights strung on the palm trees by the trash pile. I saw something red shining. I walked closer. It was the harmonica. That's our trash pile, Northcliffe whispered to Encyclopedia. Dad strung blue lights for a party in the backyard yesterday. But I didn't throw the harmonica away. Honest. Bugs grinned, raised the harmonica to his lips and blew. The best things in life are free. Blow till you're blue in the face, said Encyclopedia. You won't make me see red. You stole the harmonica. What made Encyclopedia so sure? said he found the red harmonica on a trash pile at night. He described the trash pile by Northcliffe's house. He wanted Encyclopedia to believe that Northcliffe had thrown the harmonica away or misplaced it. But the only lights by the trash pile were blue, so Bugs lied. He could not have seen something red shining in the blue light. If only blue light shines on a red object, it would not appear red. It would appear black. Bugs gave back the harmonica after he had dashed off a few bars of sad heart of mine.
3: back once again with Steve Atkins the multi-talented man <laughs> whether it be his trade in the film business his wrestling career or his talent of being one of the best travelers I've met in this world yeah. especially travel off the beaten track and offbeat places so thanks for talking with us again Steve thanks for having me back we're going to start with the, uh, well, there's a lot of exciting news, but the first thing is your return to wrestling. I returned to wrestling, and Frank came and saw me. I was, uh, I was ringside there. Yes, it was really fun. Um, but now, where, what was that about? You, it, it came through the group, because you are still teaching wrestling now. I still teach
15: wrestling, and two of my friends I used to wrestle with back when I was, uh, I guess, more predominant. Um, they were doing the show, and they said, "We don't care what shape you're in or how retired you are. You're we need an, we need another guy, pretty much, to
3: fill the slot, and you're the best slot filler we can find." And how did they now? The guy who is the head of the school, he's also the head of this. I don't know what is it a league or what is this. Well,
15: he he runs just the shows, um, but I think just one of the other wrestlers had put that show together as a tryout. Oh, okay. So sometimes, kind of like a comedian going to do a set at a small venue. If they've got a big tryout coming up, let's do a show and a smaller show.
3: Well, it was fantastic. It wasn't a small time. All those guys, are they... Were they... Except for those few guest people that they listed, were all the rest students from your wrestling school? Almost all the
15: rest are either students or locals that have been on your wrestling Because
3: they were all good stuntmen, and they all had great personas. That tiger man, he would claw and act like a cat. It's amazing uh, how... Was it Miss Hyde? And, yeah. And, oh, she's, great. she's uh, great. All of them had fantastic personas. They were really funny, and they took it dead serious. And mm-hmm. they were all good stunt people. It was a really good show. I it, felt like I was in a professional place, not like students. It's so weird how much like a shy person
15: who's a student and kind of not even a great student can, in front of a crowd, really turn it on and shine.
3: Yeah. Yes. Well, these are these are really. showmen, and they and re, they're trying to find some outlet, and wrestling yeah. is the one. That's made it, because it was fantastic. It was fun to do it. And
15: who were the guest people that came? They were your it friends. It was uh, John, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Mondo, who was on WWE for a long time, and uh, who else? Uh, Aaron Stevens, who wrestled as Damian Sandow for WWE. I don't know what he's wrestling as now. I think Aaron, just good old Aaron. But I wrestled with both those guys. I probably wrestled Aaron and Johnny 500 times uh, back in the day. Wow. So. Uh, and then a couple, uh, Austin Judas and Bronson and uh, another guy used to wrestle, Nick Nemeth's brother, who's on WWE still. Um,
3: and then your friend who was coming into town, what's his Yeah, name? my friend Josh, uh, he what? came into town. What's his last name? Uh, Joshua Hagen. He, Hagen. Joshua O'Hagan He was wrestling. great. Yeah. And he's, he's still wrestling back home?
15: Yeah, he always wrestles okay. back home. And I've known Josh my whole life, like literally... My my best friend my whole life. I still actually call him on the phone every day when I drive home.
3: <laughs> we just chit-chat. Well, he was a great guy, and he it was a fun wrestler because he was the villain. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's... It was good.
15: The Josh show has never ended as long as I know him, <laughs> whether it's
3: wrestling or anywhere. He's always on. He's always... And you, my friend, had some moves. I got to see you jump off the ropes and get some your legs uh, around some guy's neck and yeah. throw him to the ground. <laughs> Did a big flying head scissors and a
15: big cross body. Uh... Pretty
2: exciting.
8: Yeah, just like my
15: students, I... You know, I'm old and retired now, but I can still. I guess when the camera's rolling or the crowd's
3: there, I can (laughs) turn it on a little bit. And at some point, they'd run into the crowd and smash the seats, at least down ringside. Yeah, and they'd pull the hammer out of the out of the bottom of the of the mat. And it's always fun to switch around referees. (laughs) And it was like, what the heck? It was like the old days of Nucha Libre when I was a kid. Oh yeah. They yeah, that's
15: fun. If you describe a wrestling show, it sounds like you're watching insane people (laughs) dance. So,
3: well, and the one guy who was acting all tough, and then he tore his clothes off, and and what did he have on his shorts? Real man. Yeah, but he had these pink spotted shorts with real man on his ass. Hector Canalis, I think. He's really great. (laughs) And then he started prancing around like a wimp.
15: And that's exactly you know that guy's probably one of the toughest guys in the locker room, but you know that that's what makes. You remember him, and it makes the guys boo him at the same time.
3: Well, that was great. Now you're um, you're gonna come back again. You thought that was your last little th- bout, but now yes, you're back. And when's that gonna be? Um,
15: October seventeenth, I believe. Um, no, October fifteenth. I'm sorry. October fifteenth. Uh, and where is it
3: gonna be? What venue? I think it'll be back in the Moore Park. Uh, is that the Boys, Boys and, and Girls, Girls Club? Club? Yeah, and that's a good venue. It holds a lot of people. And it was it, it was like going to the circus the way they would uh I didn't see him put it up but the way they yeah. took down the ring. Oh yeah. Uh
15: the guy Austin, he, he kind of is the one who doing his doing the tryout for I believe a Lucha oh, okay. Underground and he's kind of putting these mega cards together. Okay. And, and Paul is the owner of MPW and he's uh letting him he's one of the assistant teachers too. Okay. So And that yeah.
3: Lucha Underground, that's the on the L Ray channel. And yeah, it, it's their yeah. wrestling. Yeah, and Which like I've only seen it a, a lot few of those times, guys. and it's pretty fun.
15: It's pretty action-packed. They, they focus more on the the action than the you know, the WWE style of drama, who slept with who kind of thing.
3: <laughs> well, I'm glad I got to see you perform. I'm glad. It, you it did was this. also fun cuz you guys were all there. Uh, it was like your team was Mr. Positive, so you did every <laughs> kind of crazy thing like throwing out the fake money and, yeah. and making it rain. Well, and, and that was just the, flex and dance. We're dads.
15: all uh, old friends that haven't seen each other in forever and it's when you're wrestling is something that makes you really close because you you're literally really physical and you're literally taking each other's lives in your hands sort of for that that moment you're upside down i could drop you and you would die so it's a huge trust and a brotherhood really gets going pretty quickly and just seeing you know old brothers like you hadn't seen them you know see him like you just saw him yesterday uh, and then cool. it's like best friends again and
3: I haven't seen him since then i <laughs> talked to him but well I like your part in it because yours was the mister you were the positive one to, to to shine the light on everyone else and then they would you would get captured and beat the shit out of yeah. basically yeah. until the end where you turned the tables around on That's all of right. them but your character you were playing would would be the one that they have to come rescue. That's it. right. I, I get beat up, and my, my friends from the past come to save me. So <laughs> and then you'd
15: do the roundhouse kicks. <laughs> oh, I got I got a lot of kicks. I didn't do much in that show because I was worried about hurting myself. I'll probably do a little more the next show. So,
3: well, I can't wait. Great. I'm gonna. I got some people that want to come with me to see it there. And then, well, that's the first exciting news. The rest now is, since the last time we talked, you have a new addition to the family. Oh,
15: yeah. I've got my new son, Benjamin Edward Adkins. Um, He's, you, all the cliches you hear about having a child come true when you have one. (laughs) That you always go, oh, not for me, bachelor for life, or no kids, I want to, me and my wife want to go out and play, but then you have a little kid and you're like, man, this is like the most fun, having your own. Little best friend, uh, it's pretty great,
3: yeah. And you took him to the ring and brought him in the middle, brought <laughs> him out in the
15: ring. Uh, he comes to wrestling class every Wednesday with me and he watches and he stands in the apron and claps. And yeah, by the time he's 10, he'll probably be the best wrestler
16: in
3: the yeah. world. So. <laughs> you better watch out because he'll be picking up on you. Yeah, well, hey, it's it's good, you can make some money in it. You know, take care of dad. And then you got yourself a new house,
15: and just I, right, Bought yeah. a home, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Ten-year kind of excursion to finding a good settlement, and it's everything I've ever wanted. Uh, got my my son a, his own room. Got a place to work on my special effects stuff. Uh, I can display my old uh, wrestling pictures and everything. So
16: yeah.
3: But right now everything's in boxes. So. Everything's in boxes still. Just including your back. hair gel. My hair gel, in. yeah. <laughs> so, Gotta my, wear a hat. I work. used to wear his Batman hats. Keep, everywhere. keep
15: it all messed up. <laughs>
3: Well, this is just the introduction. Those two, uh, great congratulation on both those things. Yes. But we're really here to talk about your travels. Travel. Today, because that's a big part of your life now. And, yes. and you are the most fastidious, well-traveled, and uh, well-planned say second, person. I second to you, sir. I don't know. I think you surpassed
15: <laughs> me, especially in planning. Um, uh, I, I love to plan them. That's, it's, I planned one trip, which was that Bigfoot trip in 2013, I think. Um, but planning that trip made me see how much I can see. Uh, I used to travel with wrestling, and it was just sort of I would stop at whatever I could or whatever hotel they gave me. You'd be surprised how many holiday inns in the middle of Nevada, if you just say, Give me your haunted room, they go, Oh, 214. Like they know,
3: <laughs> they know exact. every hotel has one. Yeah, I'm, and that's what uh, we got to mention right now is that you managed to, to put every place you stay. That has to be haunted, basically. Oh, I I go for
15: either haunted or weird or, uh, you know, just something worth seeing. You know, a reason to stop. And it's a way... And also, the little stops break down your trip. It doesn't seem like such a long... Torturous drive because the wife doesn't like the long drives. So. No,
3: and every one of these places I have to mention are also very nice because your wife doesn't like l- staying in dumps either. She, she doesn't like <laughs> staying
15: in dumps, and if I if I'm gonna ghost hunt, you know, somewhere crappy, she's got to have a nice room to sleep
3: in. So. <laughs> yes. Um. So and and. I'm trying to think of um, well, when you go to plan your trips, you you go and you were already telling me you get the apps, you get the computer. Oh, I have uh, an app called Roadside America, which I oh I yeah, use. I know that site. That That's that one
15: will I can put any you know dot on the map, and I'll put a dot every like ten miles of my whole trip and see what's around me, and I'll see what's what I can stop at and what I can hit, um, and I'll Google each town that I'm going to go through as I'm looking at a map and say what's. Top 10 things to see in Fresno. Top 10 things to see in Sacramento. And I'll see what I can fit in, you know, my loop. I usually end up with 50 things and end up seeing 10. Uh,
3: oh, yeah. Well, there's and I wanna, always I want to
15: redo the loop. Um,
3: yeah. And, um, well, talk about... I'm going to talk about some of the places you've been, interesting things, and then get into the ghost hunting. Okay. But I, but your Willow Creek, which is the Bigfoot trip, the Bigfoot trip. Talk about Willow Creek. I've been there, but I didn't. I wasn't there for the Bigfoot days. Like well, you I, I
15: refer to this as Super Bigfoot Trip 2013. Um, it was uh, first. I think it was seven day trip. We went from home to uh, San Jose we stayed at the Madison Street Inn, which is a haunted bed and breakfast, which is in walking distance of the Winchester Mystery House. So we did a Winchester Mystery House tour, uh, which is amazing. Um, You can't take photos or anything in there, which hurts the ghost hunting, but it's just a great place to see Um, if you've never been there, it's amazing. Um, And then that next morning we went to the mystery spot uh, which is where gravity doesn't hold any grip on the house. <laughs> and uh, you stand sideways, and there, there's a few tricks you can't explain, where you stand next to each other, and she's taller than me, and then you swap sides, and they're taller than you. It's pretty, pretty great. Uh, after that, that same morning, we drove over the Golden Gate Bridge through terrible traffic. Um, we went up to... We stopped at the house in the log, which is a giant... Redwood tree hollowed out pretty much with a trailer inside. Um, we went right up through the Legend of Bigfoot Museum, I believe, which is a Bigfoot museum. Uh, that he actually has Bigfoots in a cage, which is, he says the accurate size they should be. So you can go and buy Was back. that
3: the one in Santa Cruz or where we that? I think so. Okay.
15: I think that's the, I might have my order off, but uh, yeah, that one was, he's got it, you look through this kind of plexiglass. And it's pretty cool seeing the right size there. They're terrible paper-mache dummies. <laughs> and then we went up to the Chandler drive through tree and made our way into Willow Creek. And that was awesome. We stayed at the Bigfoot Hotel. Um, the next morning they had the Bigfoot uh, Bigfoot Days, which is ice cream and town fair and uh, big festival, ice cream festival. Um, They've got a whole it's hilarious to see, you know, like a whole town fair with wooden Bigfoot statues and you know walking sticks with a little Bigfoot on the end and you eat dinner at the Bigfoot restaurant you go yeah, to their uh, big Bigfoot museum which is right near the original Patterson Gimbal uh famous shot of Patty walking swinging her arms
3: and um, don't forget the Bigfoot burger the Bigfoot burger uh, One is, sh- is shaped the, like a foot. The yeah. two patties shaped like a foot with the big. I, I had the four patties. Uh oh,
15: the double Bigfoot burger. Yeah, the
3: double Bigfoot burger, uh, and then the big, big
15: mural of the the Bigfoots like roasting donuts and pouring each other coffee. <laughs> I think. And in the Bigfoot Hotel, they have that cage in case they catch him. Yeah, they have the cage. Uh, it's yeah, I got pictures of me in the cage. The museum's great with the giant. There's probably I would say four wooden Bigfoot statues in the town. Um, yeah, the whole town is great. And the Bigfoot days is a big parade. There's people dressed as Bigfoot. There's kids. The I think there was a baseball team called the something Bigfoots or the Willow Creek Bigfoots. Little kids with their baseball shirts and farm animals and cows and And pigs. you were saying that this basically, though, is not so much for tourists. It's for the people who it, live there. It really was. I was shocked at how small it was. It was... We were the only tourists, really, that were there. Like, it was pretty amazing. And everyone, we seemed to kind of stick out because of that, that we were taking so many pictures and so excited for everything. Uh, The whole town is friendly, and they are Bigfoot crazy. Every, you know, every uh, hotel person you talk to can tell you three stories that are pretty great. Uh, Nice. And then after that, after the Bigfoot Willow Creek Festival, we went back to San Francisco. We stayed at a hotel I can't remember, but it was a cool little shared bathroom, kind of uh, old school style. We had a nice room like overlooking the bay that was pretty affordable. Um, we did the Alcatraz tour, which was amazing. Uh, I locked myself in, I think, cell block 4 and D block, which is the haunted uh, cell. That you're supposed to feel like you're getting hung in there Because the guy hung himself I oh. um, locked myself in there for like an hour Nothing happened um, And then That night we had dinner at the Tonga Room Which is a tiki bar That looks like a sunken pirate ship And the middle of The the bar is the old pool And The pool has a raft Which the band is playing on a raft While it rains on you uh, Which was pretty awesome Nice. I love
3: Alcatraz. We're gonna, we're gonna move up here. We're moving around, we're moving around. We're getting the car moving forward because there's some annoying people They're wanting to hear my
15: great story. There we
3: go. Well, we're gonna, we're not gonna let them. So.
15: And and then I think, all right. And then we're back. I don't. I think even after that wasn't Tonga room that night. Next morning was. We went and hit Madonna in. We stayed in the romance room because my wife's birthday is right around uh, the Labor Day weekend, so nice. I have gonna, to do the Bigfoot days. And it is but, Labor Day there, but I have to, uh, yeah, I have to get a
3: nice wife treatment in. So she now what now? We're gonna we're just gonna go right in it because what we're doing next is your top five uh, wacky places to stay that you've stayed, and you've stayed in quite a few. And number five is the Madonna Inn. So, I love Madonna so talk, Inn. So, it's in San Luis Obispo. Yes, sir. Uh, Madonna
15: Inn is great. Every room is different. And the best thing about it is how well done it is. If you've ever stayed there, you there's not... You know, in a big rock formation, there's no dust between any rocks. You know, in a big... It's uh, beautifully kept it's and it's not well run kept, down. And it's well done. And it's like almost beautiful in its simplicity of how good the colors are done. Uh, the bathroom has that amazing waterfall that when you pee in it, it yeah. waterfalls in, more. In
3: the main hall yeah. before um, you go to the rooms. The restaurant is amazing. Has prime rib, one of my favorite things. I, I've, uh, one of my cousins, he had his reception, wedding reception there, so they have a good uh, catering place. And it's just like if Elvis's basement threw up on a hotel. <laughs> then and the outside is nice. It's sort of gingerbread... I don't know if it's it's like German. It's I'm like not a, sure. It's what sort you of near
15: Sylvain, so it's kind of got that Dutch look,
3: and it's got a lot of the it. rock on the outside. Yeah, right?
15: uh, a lot of the rooms have the rock on the inside. Then it's, you're in there, you're like, this is real rock, and this is quite amazing. Now, what was the romance room? What did that? Include? The romance room. It was all teal with very Victorian uh, furniture. Uh, felt she felt like a queen there. You know, pretty pretty fancy. With of course the rock shower, uh, I've also stayed in. I think Rock Bottom is the name of it. It's like a cave with a big rock it's, background. It's like
3: the caveman room. Yeah, the other and its
15: shower is like three different heads that like waterfall on you that are pretty awesome. Um, what else room? I think that's the only two I've
3: stayed in, but I've I've seen a few more. I've got one room, I don't know, with leopard skin uh, covers and wallpaper. I guess it's the jungle room. Yeah, and there's so many that are so my good. My parents on their uh, wedding anniversary went to the Dutch room. I think it was the only room left. And so it had that uh, shelf <laughs> uh, uh, pottery or whatever you want to call it. And does that one have
15: the windmills that turn? There's one that has all these windmills behind your bed. And when you turn the nightlight on... The windmills light up. and The windmills all
3: turn. I'll have to ask them again. Yeah. Because of course it's been many years. It's been fifty-four years. So. <laughs> but I'll ask then. It's a it's a great place. Um, but still wacky. Which it's beautiful though. It's, it's it's even though it sounds very kitschy, how they did it was
15: really tasteful. It's 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 always every room I've stayed in is so well done, and the staff is so like. Oh, they have that awesome breakfast place, too. That The breakfast and, and is... They're,
3: yeah, it's it's like... Oh, breakfast is so good. And uh, that, by the way, it was built by Alex Madonna in 1958. He was a big contractor. Mm. And he decided to invest in that. And then, of course, out there, he had a lot of land with cattle on it, too. But... Um, I mean, anyway. He built
15: it for the first hundred for his wife as, like, a present. And then people wanted to stay there, and so he really added on the whole... If you go up and back, that whole back he added on for. Extra. I can
3: see that because he's his character. Yeah. So, so I guess uh, that's number five. That's number five, and and let's go back for a little bit about that. What was the Tonga room? Tonga Explain room. Explain the Tonga room to us. Tonga room
15: is in the basement of the Fairmont in San Francisco. Um, it's uh, it they turn the basement pool pretty much into a tiki restaurant, and in the middle of the pool is this raft that a band is playing on. And you're under these kind of tiki cabanas while it rains on the pool. Oh, that's So nice. it's like you're in the rain eating, and uh, the dance floor is like a sunken ship kind of on its side. Uh, that place is... My that friend, is pretty brilliant. Our mutual friend Jared Gunther suggested it to us. So we went and... I have to interview him on yeah. uh, Tiki and on, Exotica. Yes, um, he's the one that told me that place, and it was it was great.
3: Nice. Well, now we'll go to number four of uh, the wacky places to visit, and that's the Hicksville Trailer Palace. Oh, I love Hicksville Trailer Palace. And uh, where is it, first of all? It
15: is headed towards, uh, blah, 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 I can't, my brain. North of Palm
3: Springs, or...
15: It, it's going north of Palm Springs toward... Probably the city of Joshua Tree. Joshua Tree. Okay. It's going toward Joshua Tree, right past Yucca Valley. Okay. Um, it's in the middle of the desert. You think, this can't be where any human lives, and you hit this little fenced area. And beyond the fence is this beautiful circle of, like, airstreams that all are, you know, one's bright pink, one's black, one's silver, one's, like, looks like an old gypsy car, like, a TP, like, everything. Um, it's, like, alien-themed trailer. Uh, we stayed in the... My wife was just, at that time, going to uh, hair school. Uh, so we stayed in the hair salon style. Oh,
3: I think it's the Fifi room.
15: Yeah, and it had all these heads with wigs that like lit up, and uh, it was pretty. We had, we took our dogs when they're very dog friendly, and there's a swimming pool right in the middle. Um, oh yeah, you said alien that, room. You said there's jacuzzi. There's a jacuzzi on the roof that says seriously don't have sex in our jacuzzi. It's gross. <laughs> like it's such a funny sign.
3: Uh, I thought that, that uh, gypsy cart is the actual card, I think from Big Top Wee. It's the Peewee. Yeah, it's uh, gypsy it's amazing. Car.
15: The Gypsy car is really pretty. Um, there's a Cramps
3: themed room. There's uh, I know there's a Project Z the uh, yeah, zombie, zombie apocalypse zombie room. sort of a zombie apocalypse shack that's outside of the ring. Yeah,
15: there's a uh, alien themed. There's like cowboy themed. Uh, there's a bunch of them. It's look it up. It's amazing. It's and it's so nice. Like there's. Um, a little mini golf out back That's just for the Hicksville people And there's a little BB gun And archery range to the side There's even a whole little uh, uh, Trailer that's called Fort Dog That your dogs can play in uh, nice. And so yeah
3: and, and, my, it, and they, What did you say?
15: I, I took the dogs and yeah Dewey had run of the place My little pug and everybody loved him He was voted the mayor of Hicksville that night So <laughs> It was great and
3: okay, now we go to number three, which is uh, I don't, none of us have been to. <laughs> well,
15: I haven't been to it yet. It's the new Hicksville, it's a pine uh,
3: chalet and uh, uh, the Hicksville Pine Chalet and Motel. Yes, and that's going, um, it's in the town of Idlewild. That's yeah, up on Mount uh, Ta- what is it? TaQuest? I think so. Anyway, it's at a Hammett. it's on the other side of Palm Springs, and it's the
15: same people, I believe, but they've got like
3: uh, you know nerd room and they've got oh, yeah. haunted mansion room that nerd room has uh, the uh, what is it the oh Han Paul- Solo and Carbonite oh really right? <laughs> statue of that yes yeah, so I, I, I know the the picture on the website is
15: Paul Pfeiffer from Wonder Years so <laughs> that's
3: pretty funny they got that haunted mansion room
15: yes with a doom buggy bed yes I want to stay there. And it's got all the hitchhiking ghosts, like statues of them. It's got the wallpaper. It's got the wallpaper, which I need to ask them
3: where they found it. That's great. And I think uh, it has Netflix and ghost movies that you can put in there. That's all they show in that room. Yeah, I want to... I want to stay there. They've been... got the room 420, which is the marijuana room. They have the pot room? <laughs> he has the pot room with, uh, I think it's neon uh, posters and stuff in oh, there. Oh, it's sort of like a high school kid's room kind of thing. <laughs> they said you could smoke you could smoke in there, but not cigarettes or crack. <laughs> so,
15: a little bit of both.
3: Nice, and the, um, what else, I guess, the Dita room, which is the Dita Von Tees. Yes. I, it has a swing inside and some kind of uh, round bed in it. Yeah, I want to go there, so I, that's one that's on my list, but hasn't been hit. So, but I I, I assume it's going to be number uh, three. That's why I say. Yeah, it'll
15: it'll it'll be hit. They're they're little can't take kids or something. That's having, the
3: one downside.
15: I'm having now. a hiccup to it, but uh, you know, as soon as my parents can watch the boy, we'll I'll take the wife up there for a nice weekend
3: getaway to the haunted mansion room, probably. And uh, number two, now we're at, and uh, you're gonna have to help me out. That's the one uh, that, that's near Palm Springs. That's the Ruby Montana Coral
15: Sands Inn. Nice. That's uh, I. I may be wrong, but I believe she was kind of a big name, uh, kind of thrift store owner in in uh, San Francisco. Uh, Because all her stuff seems kind of San Francisco-themed. And I think she retired from her her big kind of uh, antiquing and went to Palm Springs, bought a hotel, painted it awesome. Another, like, Elvis threw up on it, like, (laughs) uh, just leopard print everything. Um, We stayed in the Liberace room, which had uh, leopard print floor. Everything was like a decoupage gold sparkle with tassels uh the big lamp was a piano uh um velvet elvis painting in the bathroom with a marlin over the bed uh just beautiful tackiness everywhere uh and ruby's there and she's got a little uh antique store you can visit right in the place uh, it's got a pool she's got dogs that came out and play with our dogs and um we That's i think cool, we went there man. for a fourth of july she uh she even turned the grill on for us and, like, uh, helped us cook so we could sit back. She well, be, our,
3: does every room have a grill in the patio? Or no, no. It? It's
15: sort of like a shared. Uh, all of these are kind of, even like Hicksville, it's kind of a, you're going to make friends with the people you're staying with, whether okay. you want to or not. Uh, Hicksville is definitely, we made, you know, there was only like four other couples staying, and we all kind of made friends that night and just sort of all sat around the same area by the end of the night talking, sharing hot dogs and stuff. <laughs> nice. Uh, same thing with there. It was, well, it was just Ruby. We were there, only ones there, and she, we hung out with the owner, and she showed us all her antiques. I think Taylor bought some ceramic cats. She likes anything an old lady would have bought in the 50s. She she loves it, so um, she bought some ceramic cats and stuff. And Yeah, Ruby helped us make our hot dogs, and we sat under the stars and watched the fireworks. So that place is great.
3: Oh, that's awesome. Well, now we come to number one and all these could be in any order really yes. but you know if you got a top 5 you got to go in order but uh
15: Victorian Mansion
3: yeah
15: oh man that place is great um it's got Egyptian room it's got medieval room it's got 50s room it's got uh it has its own gypsy room it's yeah it's got uh, the gypsy room uh we stayed in the 50s room we slept in a 52 Cadillac and you know Watch Back to the Future on the drive-in. Uh, oh,
3: yeah, big screen television. Yeah, the
15: whole thing is neon, your whole little eating area. looks like a, a 50s diner.
3: On the website, um, I saw there's, there's writing on the bathroom wall. Yeah, yeah. Phone numbers for a good time. Yeah, it's, it's
15: all kind of uh, fun, 50s-themed. Uh, my wife loves all that uh, mid-century stuff, so it was great. And the food is great, they, they bring you. And we had fun games, like... There's a, I think, a Monopoly game was set up when we even came in, like, ready to play.
3: So the room service is really
15: good. Yeah, yeah, it's a great place. And it's in a good town. There's a great uh, pizza bakery across the street. And I think the Union Hotel is right next door with, like, music and stuff. And
3: that's Los Alamos. Yeah. And that's, I believe, in San Luis Obispo County. It might be Santa Barbara County still. I that's don't know. That's, like, between... Uh, Solvang. Solvang and
15: uh, Madonna Inn. Kinda. Okay. You
3: kind of pass it.
15: Uh, but it's got some great and stuff. Built into that. Yeah. It. Uh, but each room has like a few movies that you watch. Like we had Back to the Future. Uh, we had Greece, of course, and I think uh, American Graffiti. And uh, like the the Gypsy room, you sleep in a wagon, and the, it all looks like forest around you. Uh, and it has its own hot tub that looks and it's like all a, inside
3: a building. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
15: and it has like a, a babbling brook, little hot tub. And you watch the Wolfman, I think. Yeah, <laughs> um, which that's my next time I go back. I want to watch the Wolfman. Uh, the lady showed us around. We got to see a few of them. Nice. Uh, the Egyptian one looks like a giant coffin, and you open it, and it slides back and over, and you go into your like real like uh, pyramid looking bathroom. It's pretty oh great. nice. Yeah,
3: they're all pretty awesome. That's fantastic. I and the pirate ship one has a treasure chest, and it's yes. like you're inside a ship. And it said in the website that the. Uh, that the um, the little lights hanging up, they sway oh, really? to the sound of waves. I think it might make me sick. Oh, oh that, they have I hanging be, lanterns that move cool. as if the ship is moving.
15: Yeah, that place. And that place from the outside is beautiful, too. I,
3: I saw that. It really is a Victorian mansion. Yeah, it's, and it's gigantic. And down the common room, it's beautiful. Victorian mm-hmm. furniture it's and Victorian trappings. But nicely done. And the same, like you said about the Madonna Inn from the photos... The craftsmanship and the, and how it, beautiful it is. It's kitschy, but it's done. It's fantastic. shocking how,
15: how clean it is, but yet it's 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 not too much. You know, you can easily overdo such a themed
3: environment, but it's they keep it simple and it, it's really wonderful. Well, we're we're about out of time because oh, we, no. we have to go in our lunch hour. But I yeah. wanted to ask about your trip. To Colorado,
8: oh, with your
3: ghost ghost hunting guys.
15: Ghost hunting guys. That that was Stanley Hotel, um, with the L.A. ghost researchers, the ghost hunting group I'm part of, uh, with um, a bunch of great people. Um, yeah, it was great. We went from our place. I'll skip some of the stops just to hurry through. We we did about four stops. Uh, not a lot of great sights to see, just some old kind of uh, Indian kind of buildings and stuff and some cool uh, kind of wacky-tacky. If if it's got a good neo si- neon sign and a wacky name, I'll stay there, like Robber's Roost or uh, Desert Sands or something. Nice. Looks like it's a mid-century or an old 70s neon sign. Uh, but Stanley was, uh, we did the Nick Groff Ghost Tour, which is... He's one of the guys from the Ghost Adventures show. And they split you up in teams, and it is it is like boot camp for ghost hunting. It's serious. They take you to the most haunted spots. I've never got you know more evidence than I got on that night even. Um, well, you said you saw a figure, or you I, might have seen I, a figure. I saw something round a corner that shouldn't have been there. Uh, I followed it like I was following a normal person. Which, that's what's confusing to me more. Because I was in the dark with a flashlight, and I just saw a guy go down a hall and turn. I'm like, oh, I'll follow him out. And I went down the hall, and there was no turn. And I was like, huh. It's sort of like a shocking moment when you're like, did I see a ghost? I am in the basement of the Stanley Hotel by myself. Um, So I guess... (laughs) But that's fantastic. Well, it's better than I've ever seen. and, And see, even something like that, you wonder if it's your mind or... it still doesn't make a true believer out of me as many places that I've gone it's not what the movies have programmed my brain to believing what a ghost looks like Um, but the Stanley of course is the Stephen King The Shining Hotel yeah what they based Uh, it on that's the one he actually got caught in the snow and stayed there for their last night they are about to close for the winter and he saw the two little girls in the hallway I slept in Uh, so I love the Stanley that was another dream trip and on the way back, we went through uh, Arches National Park and stopped at Vegas. Uh, yeah, I try to get as many trips, stops, as I can on a great big trip.
3: And you said the Stanley was a beautiful hotel, too. Stanley.
15: Taylor did not mind staying there. The wife loved it. She loved perfect. It. It's the
3: perfect trip, then. Coats and we, had, and we took the boy. Guy. The boy was
15: only about seven months. Um, he loves traveling. He's a road dog, just like his dad. Uh, He likes sitting in his car seat even if he's awake. He likes looking out the window. Um, He can handle pretty good drives. I try to keep the drives around four hours so nobody gets tired or bored. Uh, Get up early and drive hard and stay somewhere nice.
3: Very cool. Yeah. Well, thank you again for talking with us, and congratulations on the wrestling and on your family and the house and everything else. And there's more
15: trips to come, and I can get into Stanley details later. We can do a whole ghost hunting show. Nice. Well,
3: I, I, I want to go with you on one of those uh, ghost trips, so we'll have to arrange that if you could. Definitely. All right. Well, thanks again. Thank you very much.
10: Ray, do the hammer
8: You want some love
10: in? Scum of the earth, the real poor white trash. They live and die below Tobacco Road. She
2: killed him, that witch woman in yonder.
10: Scum of the earth.
2: You're too brutal and sadistic to be real.
10: I'm tired of your uppity city ways. I knows you think you better than us. She found out how they live below Tobacco Road. You remember that little private talk we going to have?
2: <laughs> Don't kill do me!
10: No power on Earth can exercise the terror from scum of the Earth.
7: Rated R. For under 17, not admitted without parent.
2: On memory ship, back to the bygone day. Sail to the old village school, a house, anchor outside the school door. Look in and see, there's you and there's me, a couple of kids once more.
3: Going back to school in the fall was always a mixed bag for me. I think it was probably for everybody. I don't know about for you,
0: but. No, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>
3: there was, you got excitement because you had your senior school friends and meeting new kids and a new teacher, you know, and getting new school supplies. But then there was that feeling of being under the yoke again, you know, after a, a, just a little bit of a vacation. <laughs> and But the one thing that did tip the, tip the scales to positive was the school manias. You could count on at least one a year. Absolutely. With either toys or school supplies, accessories, and they swept the schoolyard and it ended up in the teacher's drawer, usually. And they were like...
0: <laughs> it was like the, the uh, kid's version of water cooler talk for, for a while, you know?
3: <laughs> well, so. it's it also the status symbol. You know? Yeah, until, absolutely, until, so, yes. Until everybody had them and then it just became the group thing. Yeah, But um, there were some... I guess when I was in fourth grade and fifth grade, it seemed to be there was little ones that were seasonal. Like the ladybugs would come in certain season and everyone would get them and collect them and have them on their hands and that. And then when the wind was there, they, they flew kites until they said you couldn't do that anymore and took them away from you. Was this 1796, Frank? <laughs> this, is, this was the 70s. Then there was
0: marbles and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the
3: really big main
0: ones, they could span a whole school year. And they had to be driven by, you know, advertisement. <laughs> yes. It wasn't just the natural thing like, hey,
3: look, I took up knitting. Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to talk about that tonight. We're going to talk about the manias. And we're going to do our top 10 grade school obsessions. And we're starting right now with number 10.
0: And James, what do you have for us? Um, number 10 for me in the... In, in, in this is obviously a subjective list, so these are the things that that were maniacs in my. Well, yes, school. it's so, also on our time right? period, so because ever and I, you know, I tried it's to not do gonna the things go past that, the 90s. that maybe people didn't didn't know about. I mean, like they had the shoes and like all crazy stuff oh, yeah. and all that stuff, Jordans or whatever. When I grew up, and that was a huge thing. But these are things that were particular to Oxnard, <laughs> or, or you know, and you know, Southern California, anyways. And uh, you know, for some reason, they were the Mania. Some of them are big. Some of them are are not so big. And the and the first one I'm gonna start off with is the uh, Pentel markers. <laughs> and for those of you that don't know, I don't know why this was a big thing. It was like kind of a status symbol. There were these markers, and they were they were they were good markers. They were like for like a crafty kind of a marker that you could buy any of these things now. But back in the 80s, it wasn't like now where Michaels was open. It was a huge big thing. They had these it opened like in like a like a binder but it was this package and it had yellow outside and it just said pentel and you opened up and there was there was different sets but the the one that was popular was the 36 colors right and uh they were they were fine tipped and they were they would last for a long time and they weren't like the ones that you bought that were real crappy and they would go out. I mean you could do yeah, it's real probably work.
3: xylene based. And they <laughs> and
0: they were and they were you know, they were fine tipped but you could color like a big huge thing and then like keep on doing it. So it was wow, It was quality. cool. But so but they were kind of expensive and uh at least in my little school, the Pentel markers, man, that was like you, you, you were, in, you were, you had made it. If you, did you ever did get them, that, did I did. So here's the thing: How did you? Like, do? well, so one year they had them at Price Club. It wasn't even Costco yet. <laughs> and I go, Mom, can I have these? Like, it was like so funny. I'm like asking for markers. I'm sure Mom was like, "What are you even talking about?" Frank's the artist in the family. I'm like, <laughs> but she, I don't know what they were, but they. She said, "Yeah," and I got them. And must so that, fifty cents. That day. year. uh that year I got them and and uh, and uh, I remember I, I, I the the thing that to do was like the lettering that had like the shadows on it oh, like yes. you know the box lettering kind of <laughs> but with the shadowing so I did like a project for for school we we all had to pick an element out of a hat and I got argon and I made this big sign that said argon press conference and I I used to like the funniest thing because this guy that would did all the work and stuff got super mad at me because. I had this Argonne press conference thing. It was like out of the hat, you know, I just go, I I don't know. So I literally write these cue cards out with questions and hand them out to the class. And everybody asks me a question. (laughs) And I have the canned responses. And the teacher gave me an A+. She thought it was the greatest thing. So me and the other guy that worked his ass off got an A+. And I know that guy was super bitter at me. But there you go. Creativity wins reigns supreme once again. Well, at least Pentel markers. That's right. I think I think it was because of those Pentels and the box letter. They gave you the comments. That's right. Well, my uh, uh, number nine
3: is the Clackers. And I can just imagine them, you know, pitching the meeting. Goes, I have this great idea. Let's take that South American weapon, the Bolo, and we'll make a toy out of it. Because yeah. <laughs> that's what it was. It was basically two plastic balls. Uh, on the end on of a either rover. end of a string. <laughs> yeah. And they were more like glass,
0: really. And they, you had a stick in the center, right? Like no, kind of a it, thing? the
3: regular clackers just had a loop in the center. Some Other brands and things would have a ring. Oh,
0: okay. And then
3: you just, you know, you move it up and down and
0: they would clack, clack,
3: clack. By the time clack. I got them,
0: they had like actual, like a handle in the well, center. Well, that was
3: probably another brand. Yeah. Because there were all kinds of them. they were click clacks. They were um, bonkers. Uh, There were quick clacks, all kinds of stuff. But the ones that were, you know, the ones that everyone had to have were the click clacks, at least when I got them. And, uh, um, you know, if you wanted to get fancy, the only thing you could do is, like, move the string up and down. Then you hit it on the top and hit it on the bottom. So, clack, 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 which was sort of dangerous. Because the darn things would tend to shatter
0: <laughs> on you. Or they would like go ri- like all haywire and rack your knuckles. Or oh, something. yeah. <laughs>
3: I could see him putting out a tooth or whatever. <laughs> yeah,
0: all kinds of stuff.
3: Uh, yeah, and you had to use them when teachers weren't looking. Because that was the one thing that they would take away from you. It was banned from the school. And this is when there were no rules about pocket knives or
0: medicine. <laughs> but click clacks <laughs> were out. So you'd have your... Adderall on your pocket, but you couldn't have <laughs> Yes, and a big old stiletto knife. Yeah. Uh, so
3: anyway, that was a click clack. And for a while, you know, pretty soon everyone got them. That's the thing. They start out as this thing like, wow, you know, you've got a click clack. And then everybody's got them, And uh, so that's what happened. But they were kept a little bit rare uh, because, you know, they banned it from the school. And then I think it was 71. There was a partial ban and 85. They banned them completely. So that was the end of that. So anyway, that's number nine
0: of our uh, schoolyard obsessions. James. Number eight is, is a, is a, uh, a general, (laughs) there's a lot of these things. And I don't know if they started with, with your generation, Frank, or they just had better, uh, better chemicals (laughs) and better molds and, and whatnot. But, uh, it was the advent of the scented eraser. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think
3: we had scented erasers. Well, I don't know. But I... these
0: were all so you had scratch and sniff, but this was like the next level, right? So you had the scented eraser and they and, and it came like every anybody that knows, you might not even have known, but they had all kinds of crazy stuff. They had like chocolate bars and Wow, it really went And to it them. looked like chocolate and you know, and then it was eraser. They had like transformers and and uh Star Wars stuff that was scented. <laughs> I don't know what it was scented, but hopefully it was a Wookiee scent or something. It would be terrible. Maybe, maybe but maybe great. Yeah, right. No, no, no. Yeah, of course. So, And then they had actual fruit flavors or fruits in the shape of an eraser that smelled like the fruit themselves. Wow. They had uh, um, uh, ice cream cones, any kind of a thing. And they were multicolored. And it must have been just that the process was just right. They came out with these things, someone invented them, and then it was like a mad rash. They had these ones that looked like lipsticks. You take them out, but they're actually erasers. You erase them, but they looked exactly like a lipstick canister and everything. They had, uh, ends of the, you know, pencil topper ones. They had, like, any kind of a thing in any kind of a shape that was a smelly thing, you know, you could, you could, uh, you had them. So anyways, that burned through, like, wildfire. Everybody had them for, for, for the year, and, uh. They were fun because like you could trade them back and forth. and Say, hey, oh, what yeah, does you it smell like all all whatever sorts, of you know stuff?" Yeah. So everybody.
3: How long did the smell last? Forever or just they wear
0: off? Well, it was the one thing where like it would smell. Be- it was like a scratch and sniff. So when you erased it, it oh, would it come better. back. Oh, it, it would come oh, back. So nice. So it was like not too far ago, and I wasn't in school at this time. But uh, what reminded me of it is that now, like. Uh, a few years ago, it was, like, super popular. They had, like, all kinds of lip balm flavors, like Dr. Pepper oh. lip balm and all that stuff. <laughs> that you was know, kind of know. a lot of years ago, actually. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm dating myself. But, uh, um, but that that's what kind of, like, remind me of, of that that whole eraser phase was because, uh, you know, they, they did this. It's basically the same thing, but with lip balm. So they had, like, every kind of a thing you could possibly imagine. But very cool and actually fondly remembered by me. Very nice. Well... My
3: next one, number seven, is also an eraser, but this shows you how in our day we didn't have much. It wasn't scented. It was the Frito Bandito eraser. Oh. Hello. The Frito Bandito has a free gift for kids everywhere.
6: A free gift. An eraser that looks just like me. It is free in every six pack of Fritos corn chips. It erases anything you draw. Oh, oh. <laughs> the Frito Bandito eraser is a free gift from the Frito Bund.
7: Get the specially marked six pack of Frito's corn chips with a free Frito Bandito eraser.
3: So, the Frito Bandito, you know, he was a cartoon character from Frito's corn chips. He was pretty much a, a Mexican bandit stereotype. Uh, He was animated by Tex Avery, and I guess Mel Blanc, I think, did his voice. And it was between 67 and 71. But for some reason, they decided to make a pencil eraser out of the Frito Bandito. It was just his torso up. And it came in a little bag if you bought, like, a... I don't know if it was a six-pack or whatever. A couple, just more than one. Or maybe the big bag of Fritos. And then you get this little eraser. And it came in several colors so you could trade them. And that was a big thing. Everybody... The Frito Bandito eraser, and everyone thought it was so cool. And and uh, people would gamble with marbles for the not the marbles, but the Frito Bandito erasers. And I got some, and uh, you know, like always, my mom would get like a big package of them from the thrift store or from a garage sale. We didn't even get them out of the packages. And and I used to use them. Most of the people they would pull it off and use their pencil eraser and then stick it back on. But I'd erase it till the hat was gone and his head was gone, and they were very cool, and they swept the whole schoolyard, and I don't know why. But, but my, you know, that was across the country. That wasn't just here. I know that, because there was a news thing about it at the time. But the ones I kind of liked, um, they weren't an eraser. But they were another thing that came in Fritos, and they were mini-monster Fritos. They were a giveaway, and they were kind of this uh, recycled monsters and they had been in all sorts of packages. They had come in the store in a regular whole package of all the monsters. Okay. And they had been in, you know, those machines at the grocery store. You could get them at one at a time. Yeah. And they were sculptures of like a, a vampire, a werewolf, this kind of skull creature. And they had this executioner with a knife and this death figure. <laughs> they were all real hideous. But when the Fritos got them, they renamed them, I think, to make them like happy-go-lucky. There's the same sculptures when you looked at them. But they had one that was bony, Tony, and hairy, scary, and Mad Money, Mummy, and my favorite was the executioner with the knife, was called the Gay Blade. (laughs) So that was supposed to, I guess, take the curse off it. I don't know. Anyway, those are my favorite. They were cool. They were like they had the Army Man flat bases on them, and really good sculptures, nice things. So I like that better than the Frito Bandito eraser. But. not too many people had those; they weren't a thing. So, all right. Always counterculture, Frank. Always <laughs> counterculture. Now it's number six, James.
0: Number six is uh, the one thing that I that actually is probably on everybody's list or whatever. So, I had to keep it there because it was a huge fad, and and uh, it's the the trapper keeper, right? Because that was like the huge that was a big deal. And and what uh, years was that?
3: What the grades? trapper
0: keeper actually came in the seventies, but I think. Uh, it, oh, was it like continued forever then. To, it was the late 70s to the early 90s uh, that's and then they be had some one of the longest ads
3: of uh, the grammar school. <laughs>
11: Dog ate it? It's, uh, I, I, my brother's holding it
3: for ransom. Aliens. Ranshack my room. My printer's
11: down. You won't
10: need excuses for losing your schoolwork with the Trapper Keeper, because Trapper's special folders and pockets keep an amazing amount of work organized, secure, and right where you want it. It's on
16: the spaceship to Pluto. The one and only Trapper, only for me.
0: So the, the Trapper Keeper... Uh, for those of you that don't know is basically a binder but it it's got like a it's got like a um a a uh, what's it called a, a, like a wrap around velcro closure that that uh, that closes the binder on the end it's Make like sure the paper's it's, don't fl- it's fall flexible out. and it 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 would wrap around and like there's a velcro patch that you would you know would velcro the thing shut instead of just a regular binder you'd open it up and there'd be there'd be things for pencils oh, and good. then also and I didn't know this but the actual peachy folders or the folders that yeah. they had that mead were, were making were called trappers that that was their oh. that was their that was their brand of uh, a folder so the thus the trapper keeper that's that's why it's named the trapper keeper so it, it it was this binder you opened it up it had you know a bunch of pockets and it also had uh um you know it was the first one that had plastic uh, rings instead of, okay. instead of, uh, so instead of just the metal ones. And they opened up a slightly different way. I think there was a button and like, you know, it, it, uh, it opened up, but, but, uh, they had all kinds of stuff on, you know, they would license it like lunch boxes or whatever. But the ones that I remember the most, the actual trapper folder had like, there were one color and then they had like a white band on the border and very simple, but and then but actually, it's funny because it was a good design because it looked kind of sharp, and, uh, and but it was simple. And the, those are the ones that first came out. And then they had then they started licensing licensing things. And the ones that I remember, like everybody, like all the girls, had like these ones that had rainbows with hearts pouring out the bottom. And there was one with a Lamborghini on it. I think I had that one. I was like, like looking <laughs> at them. I'm like, dude, I think I had that Lamborghini one. And I wasn't even into cars, so I think my my peers influenced me that, that I thought that was. Or, that was what the or it was like a pick and save, right? So probably that's what, what it was. But so they had that. And then they had later on, they had like all kinds of different things where. But, uh, you know, just like Star Wars and, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. Transformers and all, all kinds of different things. But the ones that are the, the. I think the funniest and the funnest and the most like dated ones are the ones that that had, like, just pictures on the outside, and they were pictures of, like... Like, you know, it, it's funny, because it's, like, screensaver pictures, but on the Trapper Keeper, way before computers even had the screensavers, they're, it's like... like ocean scape. Yeah, or... and then, like, a hot air balloon, and, like, uh, Yosemite, but not Yosemite, like, just some big canyon, and, like, all this other stuff, it was just, like, these very, you know, cool pictures, but, like, very almost, like, dorky, like, the... Like the the shirts that have like the wolves on it or something. Like you're like man, who is getting these or whatever. But for a brief time, that was the the most popular thing. And uh, so, anyways. Everybody knows what a Trapper Keeper is usually, or probably, but, th- but that that's definitely on my list because it was a huge fad. And it, and it, it, it probably did two decades. And, it, and it's a funny thing because if you think about it, it's a binder, man. Whoever <laughs> thought about that thing is like, oh, dude, we're going to make this big fad and it's going to be something to hold your paper for school. Like, well, I, I'm, I think it's a little better than an
3: eraser, so. <laughs> yeah, well, not a <laughs> scented eraser, <iteration, laughs> <though. laughs> And now, I don't even know where we're at. Are we at number five? We, we are knows. at number five. All right. Well, number five for me is the Duncan Yo-Yo.
2: Splash Dunkin' Yo-Yos. Splash Dunkin' Butterfly Yo-Yo. A Dunkin' Imperial Yo-Yo. That's for me. Flick it down. Spin it all around. Anyone can play. Rock the baby, walk the dog, even loop the loop. It all comes down to lots of fun. Duncan Yo-Yo is the only one. Duncan Yo-Yo, from Flambeau Plastics Corporation.
3: And uh, these were as captivating for as much for their appearance as for their function. Because they came in different models and colors and translucencies, and we lusted after those things. Like adults lust after, uh, you know, cars, like a Corvette or a Mustang. And there were different ones. There was the Imperial, which was the standard yo-yo. There was the Butterfly, which is if you took the yo-yo apart and put the uh, round ends together, it was kind of like a a, a tire. Um, oh, yeah, like you a, know, a tire
0: rim. A hollow a hollow thing in the center kind of
3: yeah and then there was the um what was that other one i think it was the bumblebee and the bumblebee was the cheater one sort of because they had the the bearings in the middle to make it easier to go up and down well, and
0: you could just throw it down and it would spin and then it's yes.
3: like kind of jerk it up oh, and look at i'm back walking the what? dog yeah, well
0: right. not really come on now that is funny. I always think of the Simpsons when I think of the the the, uh, the yo-yo one. I don't know if you ever seen it, but they I had like you know how they have uh, you know everybody's school. I don't know who who hadn't. They had like things come to school and they show you a show or something. Oh, Sometimes it's local drama and, <laughs> the local drama, the local drama, and they had like Lisa. Wow, she's so pretty or whatever. And it was just people doing yo-yos and it would be like a reaction to. They were like reacting like it was some kind of a sports thing or whatever like whatever would come, but more, you know, more yeah. impressive than a yo-yo. And then they, like, walk out, and he's like, get in the van! He, like, kicks them in there, and, they're, like, all, like... It's like they're the train monkeys or
3: something. <laughs> well, there's a book that came out, and I speaking of the tricks in the 70s, and even the commercial for the book got people excited, because they could say, hey, you can walk the dog, you can do this trick. But people would send away for it. then people were doing all sorts of tricks, um... You know all those famous tricks, and I could barely make the yo-yo, you know, go up and down on a good day. But I eventually uh, could do the one, walk the dog you do, but it get away from you. But the other one, I forget what it's called. You put it and it swings back and forth in your fingers, and you go back
0: with the yo. Oh, it's the swing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Rock the cradle. I yeah, think yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, everyone did that stuff, and if you couldn't do that. Like the clackers, you could swing it around as a weapon. So <laughs> that's right. And for some reason, whether they misused it or used it correctly, those darn yo-yos got taken away. They were in the teacher's desk drawer, right along with the dangerous clackers and everything. So, but people loved them, and they had so many different colors and everything that you could collect them and get new ones and different. And there's probably more kinds than those three,
0: especially now. But anyway, the Duncan yo-yo. Honorable mention is the uh, the Chinese yo-yo. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a big thing when we were kids. I forgot about. We that. had that, and they, uh, they, 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 like everybody had them and stuff. So wow. that's a, That's an honorable mention is a, a sleeper. Nice. <laughs> and that's uh, like just a, wa- a wound up paper roll on a stick, and and you if you if you motion it away from yourself, it'll shoot out. Uh, you know make a cone out of paper or whatever and then it comes come back. back it's like the easiest to, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a poor you know it's it's very easy to operate anyway so that's maybe why they were popular all right james what's the next one all right so for number 4 i think it is right yes it is um this was a this is a funny one it's it's a it's one of my personal favorites and i don't even know why cuz it's not very practical and they, i i I kind of hated using them, but I liked the idea of it. It was a pencil, Frank, but it was the Stackable Point Pencil. (laughs) What was that? The Stacking Point Pencil. That's the official name of what it is. What it is, is it's it's a pencil that has these plastic tips in it that stack on top of each other, and they go through the whole pencil. So you have about 15 of those in there, and then they had lead, and the lead, once you got the lead down, you would pull the top off and push it in the bottom, and the new one of them would pop out. <laughs> so you didn't have to sharpen the pencil, and it wasn't like it was like it was like regressive mechanical pencil. It was like, <laughs> oh, but then when you when you was, got them full of the
3: empties, you threw it away. Yeah, or? yeah, oh, right. Okay. So
0: it was it was kind of funny because the mechanical pencil was already around. Yeah, and it's better. <laughs> it's better, and yet they but had each these tip had a different color. I'm sure, stacking. Point pencils and they did have ones that that were yeah that were multi-colored and then they but they had ones that were just plain lead and and i remember them being super popular and us uh you know getting but what i also remember is that of course they were hollow so you can make the spit wad thing they were like perfect <laughs> so it was that's a their double, true genius it was a double thing because i mean there was it was it was a basically a hollow tube that was You know, that was really rigid and everything. It was like the perfect, the best one you could ever make. Way better than a straw because you could throw it around and stuff, drop it. It would be like a regular pencil or whatever. So, yeah, and the cheap ones were even better because they just made them hollow. There was no design to it or anything. But they had this little rubber thing on the end that was kind of like you could force it up one way but it wouldn't come out the bottom so that you could use the pencil but you could just break that thing off and then you got this the spit Or usually they unscrewed so you could do it both you could use it for spit wads and for the stackable point pencil so there you go number number four the stacking point pencil beautiful well i got number three
3: and that's the whammo super ball
7: super ball look it's almost alive It bounces and bounces, keeps going and going almost forever. Hurry, try and catch it. Superball is a mystery ball of a thousand bounces with many more bounces than any ball you ever own. It is a Superball. It zigs and it zags. Fast bounce, high bounce. The most amazing ball ever created by science. Energized Superball is now in your hands. With amazing rebound, Superball actually bounces over a house. Now, watch Super Bowl carefully in slow motion. Strange. Weird. Makes every bounce a game. Every game more magical. And it's still bouncing. Hurry. Discover your new power with Super Bowl. Under a dollar, wherever toys are sold. I've got my Super Buy By WAMMO.
3: And uh, it's a good thing that the Super Bowls were cheap, they're under a dollar because it got lost or taken away faster than any of the other obsessions. Uh, you know, you bounce those things and they would go under a roof or into a bush or, or they would go wacky and spang around, hit one of the teachers or do knock things over. And into it, was the street. Like, it was like flubber and everything. And so they, they'd take them away from you. We didn't have, the first ones that come out, they were like the size of a pool ball they were black. And we always got the smaller ones about the big of a, as a big marble. That was, and everyone would do tricks with them. That was a thing. You would get them, and they would bounce them, you know, on the floor, and they would come up and hit a wall, and then they would smack up and hit, um, you know, a corner. You could do all sorts of tricks, and on the commercials, they would show you, but usually you'd just throw them, and they go whack you all just over crazy. the place. Well, the crazy thing is that they would go six times higher than any other rubber ball that
0: you could get, and... Every bounce... Is that a scientific claim, Frank? That's a scientific claim.
3: Right from their website, actually. But they... And each bounce is 92% of the last bounce. So they keep bouncing. And they take a long yeah, that's, that's pretty time... pretty good, yeah. ...before they finally go down, you know, and just stop. It took forever. And usually they stop because you grabbed it or it knocked under something that stopped They're it. They're like 8% off
0: perpetual motion, Frank.
3: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> see? They seemed to be much better, and they were. We didn't know it, but they you know—they were formulated that way. There was a chemical engineer named uh, Norm Stingley, and he made the Super Bowl from this chemical. It's called Zectron. It sounds like I'm making this up, but I'm not. Frank, he, stop, not, don't pretend you did research
0: when you didn't do research, Frank. And this stuff was used to cap oil wells with.
3: And I don't know if it was successfully used for that, or, you know, was like he, that was the idea, and, and they went, like, well, oh, that's a that. Ball. well, let's make a ball out of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the guy, he pitched it to the company um, where, where Zekron was from, and that was Bettis Rubber Company out in Whittier, and they passed on it because the trouble is the first balls, they tended to shatter apart. Oh, okay. They would bounce high, but then they would break. They were unstable. Um, But Wamo saw a future in it, and they bought it, and with along with him, they worked out a way they put it under this really high pressure after it came out of the mold and i don't know how they did it but anyway and that's what stabilized it so and it was a good bet because it came out in 65 and six million super balls were um, sold yeah they were sold and they did real well and they kept doing well um And we loved them because they were different colors. You could trade them with everybody. I mean, you could put them in your pocket. You know, if the teachers come, you could hide them pretty well. And, you know, those little ones were a dime. (laughs) So, you know, that was more money than it is now. But still... You could get a bunch of those things. They take one away, just pull another one out of your pocket. <laughs> and so, and people would, you know, gamble for those things too. There was a lot of gambling in our school. There was actual shooting of dice and all sorts of card playing in our grammar school. Let alone, we... and, and the one thing they stopped was marbles. You can't do marbles
0: because that's that is gambling. We just played quarters or whatever nickels. You know, <laughs> the only thing we, we were did, tame compared to. The your only thing school. we didn't do is the penknife things or
3: whatever. <laughs> Well, we got two side notes on this thing. They did a promotion one time, and they built a the Super Bowl as big as a bowling ball. And they dropped it out of a building, high up out of a window. And then it bounced once, and the second bounce crushed a car. <laughs> Some convertible that was out there. And it just like, oh,
0: no, this is a disaster. Why? I mean, that's crazy because... You know, like if you watch any other show, they just wouldn't have cars out there. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, this is, this is the 70s. The 70s. So probably the 60s because it's 65 when it started. Uh,
3: and the term Super Bowl was coined by Lamar Hunt, and he's the founder of the American Football League. And it was after he saw his kids playing with Super Bowls. So he uses it as a temporary name. He says, Well, this is going to be the Super Bowl. He says, Well, I will come up with a better name than that. And they did, they had the official name. Was the AFL NFL champion game? Yeah,
0: yeah, championship. But
3: it doesn't matter because because somehow the media got a hold of the Super Bowl thing, and that's it. They loved it, and it's stayed. So oh. there it is. It's named after the glory that is Super Bowl. So there we go. And now, James, what's number
0: two? Number two is, I think, first created in the in the seventies, but. Uh, more practical and less expensive in the 1980s. Okay. And that, my friend, is the Calculator Watch. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know it was in the 70s.
8: Yo!
7: What news of the earthlings? Totally
14: high tech, sir.
7: Indeed? How?
14: Check out those Casio watches.
7: That new Casio pulse watch checks your pulse rate. Not bad for Zog my age. Casio's new data bank watch remembers up to fifty phone numbers, dates, hey, whatever. Amazing. Yeah, they've got more new watches than you can shake a boarbat. <laughs> Splendid. I can always use another Casio. <laughs> they do a lot more than just tell time.
0: This, you know, calculator watch was a thing and it's like a That Cas- must have been a big thing. Casio, man. man. It was Can you well, imagine? Well, I only uptown. know a few people that had it, you know, and then and they they it was it was it's funny because all of us didn't have, we didn't use calculators for for math until I don't know they the kids today they use calculators for math earlier but I I think when's the la- when's the first time you you heard of of or w- when they had calculators right high school in and calculus I or one I, of I those. think for for me yeah you weren't using calculators and actually in my time it was a slide rule still so yeah you weren't using calculators. To do any math, whatever, ever, so like that, you know, and I, th- I thought for some reason that they weren't, you know, like we weren't allowed to use calculators. So if you had a a, a watch calculator, that's like texting your buddy the answer to a thing or something, <laughs> nice. you know. Now, so those guys Secret had the watch, agent. the watch calculator, and and it, you know, it took a, it took, as I understand it, as I remember it, it took a few months at least for the teachers to figure out. <laughs> That these things existed, or you know, whatever. Nice. And, and so, there were people doing math equations on their on their uh, watch calculator, and uh, and getting the you know getting. That's
3: the, pretty getting small. The they must have been expensive because, well, I they probably weren't so big in the seventies because the ones I remember in the seventies were huge and they were expensive. No,
0: well, that's what I'm saying it was. You know, the, the, the technology was there, but but the uh, practical. You know, the miniaturization, the, the, well, and the and, you know the affordability was was when I was a kid, and and you know of course like it's funny because any of the math we were doing back then, it, we should all have been able to do anyways by ourselves, <laughs> but it was that wasn't the point. Frank, it was the, <laughs> the point, point that we had. Could, you could cheat. We could, yeah, we could cheat, and I never did because I couldn't afford one or didn't have one or whatever. Although, side note, Antlyn or uh, Aunt, I, this is crazy, but because it, it seems like aunt helen or uncle Orin or uncle ted or anybody aunt linda anybody but but believe it or not i think they went overseas someplace uh it was the first time they went to germany and that was you know uh, uncle neil and kisla with the kids remember when they went yeah and I, I don't know if they had it on the side or they actually thought of me and brought it back. I mean, that seems kind of, they're very nice to me, but I mean, it seems kind of weird. But they gave me a watch that was a radio, and you could oh, you could put Dick you could Tracy. put headphones in there and stuff. That's how it worked. You had to have use headphones, so it was a headphone jack, and then you That's could do, killer. it was like an AM thing, and I, I had it, and so I thought I was pretty slick. You were pretty um, slick. So no calculator, but I did have a watch radio. <laughs> nice. All right, so... Well, I got one honorable mention
3: before I, we go to number one, and that is the teeter-totter watch, which was really early 70s, and you could look in it, it was one of those watches that you could see all the gears in it, and there was two little kids teeter-tottering as part of the works inside, and then it had the watch at told time, and... and you uh, had to wind it and everything? You had to wind it, yeah, mm-hmm. and it was very clunky, it's old plastic parks, and they're pretty big, you know, oh, man. this is a big watch, but... That was a big thing to have, a teeter-totter watch, and we got it in our stocking up in uh, Grandma Olson's place. Oh, man. <laughs> From Santa. It was uptown. It was yeah, one of the one of the times that
0: I came out, and I was ahead of the game. <laughs> but that was second That's grade. That's better than the pen that, like, you tilt, and it takes the bathing suit <laughs> off <out> the woman. <one. laughs> well, not as
3: good as that, really. But. And now we go to number one. And this is sort of common, but it was gigantic. We've already mentioned it. And it was the school lunchbox. And, of course, it's not the regular lunchboxes. It's all the ones that had the printed material on them. And uh, not unlike the Trapper Keeper. They had some just with images on it. They had a Bigfoot one. They would have rainbows and unicorns and whatever the heck, monsters and and stuff. Uh, but then they also had all the TV shows. Back when I was doing it, of course, it was Happy Days. I knew someone who had uh, a Daniel Boone one. But it wasn't like from the show. It was just Daniel Boone, period. Like, you know, I don't know, his famous Frontiersman uh, collection or what. But they had the Hardy Boys. Anything that was around. Welcome Back Carter, Evil Knievel. Sean H- said he had
0: like a Swamp Fox one. Oh, <laughs> man. He had, that was handed down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
3: can't remember. I know I had a few. But the only one I know for sure was my uh, Sigma Sigmund the Sea Monster one. And I know that because... I tried to take it to seventh grade when I went which is a different school with my little lunchbox and I only brought it one day because the humiliation and the and the uh, shame spiral I was put in for bringing that oh man was immense and I was like oh. and I love the thing I think it was I kept it for years like you know not just one year but a bunch of years it's because you hated yourself right Well because <laughs> we don't get them you know so I went oh. I, I got a story so for I you brought too. the paper bag the next day
0: and this is to to back your story up. I don't know how I got it, but but I had the. Um, it was the year, and we got a lunchbox, and I got the Star Wars lunchbox, with the. Uh, it was the metal one, and it had a plastic handle, and it was had the 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 uh, the uh, X wing fighter on it. So oh, it, was nice. a, it was the one that had the 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 red border. Yeah. I could see it today. Red border, the. X-Fing and, and then, of course, on the background with stars, right? The reason I, I know it was a plastic handle is because mom washed it and she put it in the oven to, uh, to dry I don't even know why. It wasn't even like she turned it on or whatever. But then she preheated the oven for a thing, and it burned it, ma- it, it wrecked it. And it was weird because like she didn't go out and buy me a new one. I got some other crappy one from last year or whatever. So it was like my one chance to have that Star Wars thing, and it was gone. And I didn't even get a new one. It was crazy. Uh, Torturous, man. The bitterness. The bitterness. Well,
3: the that the first licensed one was Mickey Mouse, and I, I guess you that would make sense. It was like 1935. I didn't realize that they the lunch boxes come in like in the 19th century, and they came when the first uh, printing was on tin. And before that, people would take lunches in like in, in uh, tobacco tins. That's
0: how that started. Well, in or a bucket or something. So you yeah, a pail. a lunch pail. But
3: how they got to the tins is that, yeah. and then they printed on them, and then they made a lunch box. And they didn't even have a thermos to 1904. And, of course, it was the glass. We had glass right up to the end. And they were no good. Like two days into it, they were shattered. No more thermos on the inside. And then they had the plastic ones. It's weird because your plastic handle, that was the beginning. Because that was the first thing that went plastic on those lunchboxes. And then they all became plastic, you know, not too
0: many years after that. I think now that you you remind me, I, I... I, I did get another one i think maybe that they couldn't find that one or whatever so i i got one that was that was like a star wars one and that's the one i wanted so i got a, one entirely made out of plastic and it had uh, empire strikes back scene on the front <laughs> but it wasn't emblazoned it was it was a, a sticker on the front of it so uh, it wasn't as cool as the one that was like the actual didn't burn one. it
3: off couldn't you just keep it for your own self
0: yeah, I don't know why. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't think I was like, oh, I'm like mad or something, didn't get it or whatever. But I know, I remember though, Mom being like really like yeah, apologizing to me and everything. And I think it was probably because what's more is we probably got it someplace like Pick and Save or something. And it was like the one thing and it was probably the older one. Oh, probably yeah, the from one, the
3: first movie. Probably one
0: more money now. And uh so she did she did give give me another one but it wasn't the one it she couldn't have got the other one because there was couldn't have got it. So we got this other one and and uh, it wasn't as cool. So <laughs> Well anyway,
3: that was it wasn't so much a fad cuz everyone had one. It was it was more like I don't know, like fashion, like clothing. Like, "Oh, look, here's my lunchbox. I got a new one this year and it's, you know, speed racer or Hot Wheels or yeah. something." And
0: that was a little bit like the trapper keeper too. It was like part of your you know, I'm sure, I mean, we never did, but I'm sure that they, like, you know, the girls, like, thought that, you know, they, oh, they would ma- get stuff to match. I'm sure people had, you know, different colors to match their outfits yeah. and stuff. So, stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there you have it. It's wonderful. And what a great way to to, to honor back to school and to, to look at these fads. Well, those were our top ten choices from back in our
3: day. Here's to the present and future obsessions. May they take the sting out of education for years to come. Amen, brother.
12: Mary had a lamb, his fleece was white as snow, Mary had a little lamb, his fleece was white as snow, everywhere that Mary went, the lamb was sure to go, Humpty, Humpty Dumpty, sat up on a wall, Humpty Dumpty on a wall, Humpty eating his Christmas pie he stuck in his thumb pulled out a plump Said what a great guy am I Simple, Simple Simon going to the fair Simple Simon met a pieman going to the fair Said Simple Simon to the pieman Let me teach your way. Peter, little Peter was a pumpkin eater school and hurry.
0: Well, that buttons up our show for tonight. But as always, we have one more tidbit. Frank? To go along with our political songs tonight, we have a piece
3: from Fiorello, the musical about Fiorello LaGuardia, the mayor of New York. It's a good old tune about the proverbial smoke-filled room, politics and poker. (laughs)
2: What do you say,
4: Ben? Want a hand? No, you guys go ahead. I got too much of my mind to play poker. King bets. Cost you five. Tony, up to you.
2: Hey, Tony, what are you going to
4: do? I'm in. Boy. So am I. Likewise.
2: Me too. Hit me with a
4: Gentlemen. Here we are, and one thing is clear. We gotta pick a candidate for Congress this year. Big ace. Ace bets. You'll pay through the nose. (laughs) Okay, where do you stand? I'm in. So am I. Likewise. Here goes. Possible straight, possible flush nothing. Gentlemen, how about some names we can use? Some qualified Republican who's willing to lose.
2: How's about We should make Jack Riley the guy. Which Riley
4: are you thinking of? Jack B or Jack Y? I say, neither one. I never even met him. I say, when you got a pair of jacks, better out
2: Politics and poker, politics and poker. Shuffle up the cards and find the joker. Neither game's for children, neither game is rough. Decisions, decisions like who to pick, how to
4: play, what to bet, when to call All right, now, fellas, politics or poker, which is more important? Parrot raise. Bet Little trays, good as gold. Strong, I'll stay. Raise your five. I'll call. I'll fold. I'll raise your back. I think you're bluffing. Put your
2: money where your mouth is. Okay, I'm in.
4: Gentlemen, knock it off and let's get this done. Try Michael Panyashinkovich. I'm certain he'd run. Mike is out. I'm afraid he just wouldn't sell. Nobody likes a candidate whose name they can't spell. How about Dave Zimmerman? Dave, he's too bright. What about Walt Gustafson? Walt died last night. How about Frank Monaghan? What about George Gale? Frank ain't a citizen, and George is in jail. We could run out Wallenstein. He's only 23.
2: What about Ed
4: Peterson? You idiot!
2: That's me! Uh, Politics and poker!